All right, we are on a tight pace here, trying to get this one out before the game starts tonight. But I had a conversation with a very, very loyal Detroit sports fan, and he he previewed kind of the game tonight, what he's expecting to see out of this Red Wings team this year. It was my Uncle Steve. I had my Uncle Steve on the podcast. He came in, delivered a wealth, a wealth of knowledge. So I'm really excited to get that to you guys. And, yeah, without further ado... Here is my conversation with, uh, yeah, my Uncle Steve. All right. All right. Welcome back to the Hockey Dudes podcast. We got the Jackets and Red Wings tonight. And as you guys know, like to preview the team that the Jackets are playing. And I was, you know, I don't know if you know this. I Actually, I told you this, Uncle Steve. But I was texting some writers, and mm-hmm. I wasn't able to get through to any of them. But then I thought to myself, wait, I'm from a – a big Detroit sports family that what can these writers tell me that somebody like you, uncle Steve, who's been a Red Wings fan for longer than any of these writers. I mean, you've, you have seen it all the way through the, the golden eras of Steve Eisenman and now you're seeing him as a GM. So just, I guess, uncle Steve, uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Hayden. This is exciting. It's good to talk to you. It is good to talk to you. I want to point out also that I didn't ask either of your sons or I didn't ask them or my cousins. I didn't ask either of them to do this because I know you do know more about the Red Wings because they say they know about the Red Wings and they say that they're fans, but I'm kind of feeling some bandwagon heat from them a little bit. Uh, yes, my sons have disappointed me a little bit, but that's okay. They, they live in Columbus, and I understand, but I do know deep down they are uh, actually Detroit Red Wing fans. That's right, and I mean, I I know the ba- I know the story, I know the I know the background, but just can you tell the folks what it's been like growing up a Red Wings fan? Why you are a Red Wings fan? Yeah. Um, well, basically, I'm a Detroit fan. Um, I will say this. I am a true Ohio State Buckeye fan, though. So uh, all your Columbus listeners, um, just rest assured, I am a, a true Ohio State Buckeye um, 100%. But we live about two hours from Detroit, and my dad, anytime we went to anything professional as far as games, it was always up to Detroit. That's We had family up there. We had, you know, uh, people he'd like to go see, and it was the closest uh, professional team for us to go to. And so uh, growing up, we just always went to the Detroit games. Yeah. No, I mean, that is that is one weird thing about our family dynamic is I obviously live in Columbus, and a lot of people here are Cleveland or Cincinnati fans, but I picked Detroit. And, and you live up there in northwest Ohio, and there's a lot of Michigan fans up there that are probably confused why you like Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like the Ohio State, yeah. uh, Ohio Michigan dynamic is interesting there. Yeah, so I've got I've got friends here in in my area who are Cleveland and and uh, Cincinnati fans, but they are Michigan fans. So they're really they're really <laughs> they're backwards. <laughs> they're really backwards. Um, and I suppose my, I, I probably have the only license plate in the world that has all four Detroit teams on it. And then the middle of it has an Ohio state Buckeye logo. There you go. Yeah. Those other people, they're sinners. That's what those people are. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> that is exactly right. Um, so go ahead and talk about that. I mean, fan of all four sports teams. I mean, 
I, I don't know if you know this, but the NBA preseason is tonight and the Pistons do not play on opening night. Of course. Why would that be nationally right. televised? They play tomorrow night yeah. against the bulls, but you're a fan of yep. all four, man. I mean, I truly see that. Like my, my, you know, my dad, your younger brother, he, or older brother, he's, he sometimes right. he feels like he's the younger brother to you. <laughs> On the golf, on the golf course, <laughs> on the golf course, yep. But he's a, you know, he's a fan, but he's not, he's not in it like, like you are, or even like I am in my sports fandom. So just, I mean, you truly are a fan of all four sports teams. I've been to your house and seen the cards, the memorabilia. It's awesome. Uh, can you rank them for me though, in terms of who you love the most, your favorite children? Well, you can rank your favorite well, children in sports. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I don't know how I would really rank them. Whatever team's on, that's the one I like the most, I guess. Um, probably out of the sports, though, the one I really enjoy going to the games is I, I love going to the Detroit Tiger games. Yes. I just like going to, to baseball games. Um, I've been to a few of the Red Wings games, and uh, to see hockey in person um, is you have to do it. You have to to see it in the stadium at some point. You know, watching on TV is great, but to be a part of it, you know, in the in the stands is just awesome. So, um, I would say I'm a Tiger fan probably most, and 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 then my love for all sports. Uh, you know, what I played was basketball, so you know the Pistons are right up there, and and then probably the Red Wings, and the only championship I've never seen. And I've not even been to the Super Bowl is the Lions. So uh, yeah. that day that that happens, that's going to be, there's going to be a lot of joy, tears of joy, I would say. I like how you're talking about it as if it will happen. I like how you're saying that. You're yeah. saying the day that it does happen yeah, when I'm I sitting here, like, 50, I don't know. I just turned 59. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's going to happen. I'm I'm with you, man. I wouldn't be going up there every uh, weekend with, with Ben if I didn't believe it. That's for sure. Um, that is a good point. Interesting part though, about baseball is yes. I mean, I, I'm, do you still like going to Comerica park? Obviously nothing beats tiger stadium and the memories there, but Comerica park is in my opinion, one of the most least talked about ballparks in the country, as far as how nice it is right up there with like Baltimore and Pittsburgh and, and San Francisco, as far as my, as far as my opinion's concerned. Yeah. You know, we, we had decided Leslie and I, my wife, um, had decided as boys were growing up, we were going to take the boys to go see the Tigers play in different stadiums. And so we've been to Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Kansas City and uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, uh, many different places, Chicago, both the Cubs and the White Sox. And probably I still think one of the best parks is Comerica Park mm. uh, to watch a game. Um, the food is great. Uh, the to you know, for we try to get there early every time we go to a game for batting practice, and the batting practice is fun to snag balls in the you know in the home run area or along, along the wall even, and so it's just a, a great place. I think the for Detroit, they've they've really turned that city around as far as their you know their stadiums because all four stadiums or all four teams play right there basically in the same block and there's no other city that does that and so they've just got a really great area to go into uh, you know you think of detroit you think of a bad city but really where their stadiums are it's pretty uh pretty friendly and a pretty easy place to get around it is pretty friendly we just saw eminem had put up a restaurant there called Moss Spaghetti where a Bengal player went and was thrown up all over the field so bad opening week for Ma's spaghetti. 
Um, but well, yeah, maybe it was maybe it was on purpose, though, right? It was an opposing player, right? Like as if Cincinnati's that much better with you know chili and cheese, which yeah, exactly. Uh, which I mean, I'm I'm a fan of. Gotta admit, hand up. Um, uh, so that's actually a good point, though, about you know Little Caesars being the place where the the Red Wings are playing. They're playing in downtown. That actually goes into my first question I was going to ask you. And it involves Steve Eiserman. And of course, Steve Eiserman is the, you know, GM of the team now. He has a really and he's done it before. He's built good teams up in Tampa Bay before. He's obviously a Red Wings legend. Does he he's got an uphill battle trying to rebuild kind of what was the Detroit Red Wings that that he knows and that the most of the hockey fans know were just untouchable players who were uh, hockey gods in a sense. When you talk about mm-hmm. Lindstrom, uh, Iserman, Zetterberg, like just uh, Chris Osgood, like right. just incredible, incredible players that will never, Sergey Fedorov, guys that will never be the touched. Fi- the five Russians. The Russian Absolutely. five. The Russian five, yep. Um, yeah, you know, those teams, I guess the thing I noticed with those teams and compared to the team that I sometimes watch now, um, is those teams just had speed. You know, I, I was always amazed, you know, that we have up in our area, we live close to Fort Wayne, Indiana, so we can go to the Fort Wayne and see the Comets play. So you see minor league hockey, and and what you, the thing you notice when you go into that arena is just, I'm sorry, just how slow those guys are. And if there's a guy that's out there and he's skating around everybody, you're you're probably sure he's going to be in the NHL pretty soon. And and so uh, the speed that Eisenman and those guys had um, just was second to none. It was fun to watch. They just outskated everybody. Um, I will say this. The one thing I see about the Red Wings right now is they're getting that speed back, and, and that's kind of exciting. They are. And, you know, looking at that team that Steve Eisenman built, he had – young players locked in there that became staples of the franchise, like Steven Stamkos. He had Mm -hmm. Nikita Kucherov. Those like you need to have your uh, franchise players that would be able to be on a top line on any team. And this top line with uh, Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond and Tyler Bertuzzi, like, do you, do you believe that that top line, you think any of those guys are a start to what Steve Eiserman is trying to build? Absolutely. When the first time I saw, you know, Larkin a couple of years ago, uh, just the, the size, you know, and, and just the, the speed he has and the skill he has with the puck, um, he, you could just tell right then that, that he had the talent, you know. And so now they're, of course, as bad as they've been, they've been able to draft, you know, pretty high and, and they're landing new guys uh, here in the last year. And even the new rookie here has – I think he has three assists already in the first two games. Um, uh, Cider, Cedar. Oh, Marit Cider. Yeah, your defenseman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so um, you just see it starting to build around. And so that's really, it's really neat to see again. Yeah. I mean, it, it is really unique to see. And, you know, what was one thing that was interesting about me growing up a Jackets fan and you obviously being my uncle who was a Red Wings fan is I grew up during a time when the Red Wings were literally the scariest thing known to Blue Jackets fans where you just came into every every single night you'd come into Nationwide and, and beat the Jackets six to two six to one just right. made us feel like the smallest franchise ever and you added to the fire. You used to call. <laughs> you used to do it as a joke, and looking back, it was hilarious. But it was it was scarring for a time. You used to call them whenever I'd wear like a blue jackets thing. You'd be like, "Oh, you got you got the crappets on. You your crappets fan." 
This is so funny looking back well, on it. Either that or you were being punished by somebody that you had to wear that stuff. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You loved the jokes. Um, and, yeah. you know, rightfully so. I mean, the Red Wings were disgusting back then. Just an insane team, like you said, incredibly fast. But the Blue Jackets, obviously, the last few years have been, you know, reaping the benefits of playing under Tortorella and, and having good talent in ourselves, made a couple playoffs here. And I've actually gotten the, the better end of the Blue Jackets-Red Wings rivalry, if there's anything there's, yes. if there's anything there. For the first time in over two seasons, the Red Wings are favorites tonight against the Blue Jackets. Do you, do you believe in the Red Wings? Do you think they can get it done tonight? Um. Again, I, uh, with the speed and what I've seen, um, I, I've just been pleasantly surprised. I've watched a few of the preseason games, and, and I even told my wife the other day, I said, I think these Red Wings are not bad um, just because they look different. Uh, you know, when you, when you go through the spell, and, and as Blue Jacket fans, you know that. When you started out as a Blue Jacket fan and, and you saw the other teams come in and skate all over and all around you, um, and and he continued to finish in last place, and the Red Wings just went through all that. Um, then when they they you know they up their talent and they up their speed, and you start to see that on the ice, you know. And so uh, they they had their downfalls a little bit. You know that first game they they were up I think four one or five one and ended up losing it. There was a point. Um, where the where the lightning, I think it looked like they were on a power play for about three minutes, and it was a five on five. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? So there's going to be growing pains. You understand that with a young team, you know. Um, but but yet you can at least see the light at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah. Now the lightning will do that to you. They'll literally just make yeah. you feel like <laughs> they'll crush any confidence you had in in your favorite team being competitive at all. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I mean, what is the next well, you time know, you're going to? Well, here's another thing, Hayden, that I really liked about this Red Wings team. Go, please we, give it to me. On, di- on this team, we have a Suter, we have a Lindstrom, we have a Bertuzzi. You know, we have some pretty famous last names. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, you can kind of see what Iserman's doing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just like, man, those aren't those same guys, but they're, you know, maybe they're bred right so well that's the, that's knows. the thing about you know it's an underrated thing talking about moving out of Joe Lewis Arena when you take a team that uh just ended a 25 year playoff streak and put them in a brand new arena and they're going through a yeah. rebuild it is impo- like it is so hard to kind of get players to buy into a team history or you know any sort of you know what i mean like that is a difficult yeah, thing to absolutely. go through in a rebuild you know what I like? If yeah. they were going, if they were doing this thing at the Joe, and they were walking in and seeing those banners every night, and knowing the kind of teams that had played there, I, th- I think it, I actually think it'd be different. So that is a right. credit to Eiserman for going through that. Right, you know? and, and having Eiserman back is is huge. You saw what he did to Tampa, and you know he's going to do it in Detroit. So I think that in itself causes players to want to come and, and be part of something that's going to be new. You're, you're actually seeing it with the Tigers here, you yes. know, recently, you know, with, with their rebuild and, and, uh, you know, I was really impressed with their season this summer. Uh, didn't finish above 500 finished in third place, but, but boy, they were fun to watch and they're young and, and upcoming. And so I see that in the Red Wings too. They were fun to watch. I remember we were out on the, the course late in the summer and I was like, 
we were still talking about the Tigers being just only eight games out at that point, and it was such a huge <laughs> right. win for us. But, yeah, they were really competitive, and they got some good fire underneath them. Um, all right, man. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for hopping on, and uh, I'm sorry uh, your your golf outing got canceled this past Saturday. Well, it sounds like well, Sunday, but it sounds like your dad and I are going to be at it again. We're going to try it again. They, they rescheduled it, and so – We'll see what happens. I know. Are the, is that the big hole tournament that Ben sometimes talks about? Like where they yeah. make the holes bigger? Yeah. That is what you're playing yeah, in? The holes, yeah, rather than four-inch holes, which a normal golf hole is, I believe, maybe three and a half, something like that. Sometimes it feels like it's two inches. Um, these are about eight inches. And um, so it's that, and they set the holes clear off to the side of the greens in some of the toughest places you'll ever see a hole because they don't want to ruin the green. Right. They don't put it anywhere in the middle. And so they're in they're very tough places, but um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Looking forward to that this Sunday. Yeah. All right, man. You guys have a lot of fun during that. So we will do that. <laughs> and uh, if we're closing here, I only have one thing to say, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to me. Yeah, go wings. Okay, all right, Uncle Steve. And that, and with that, I end you right now. I hang up on you. <laughs> all right. What a great guy. What a great guy. Hey, if you guys need anybody to come on your hockey podcast and deliver some Red Wings news, Michael Steve, he's available. So that was great stuff. I mean, listen, there's nothing like talking to a real fan of a team, getting their honest opinions of the team, and – Uncle Steve is a Red Wings fan, and he's I've he's been through it. This is he's been through the great like it's crazy thinking what the Red Wings used to be. Like they were just had an unbelievable team that would beat up on any opponent any night, multiple cups, um, just one under Mac, Mike Babcock, but three of them at least before that, uh, two of them in the late nineties. Just an uh, just unbelievable dynasty that they had a true just untouchable team. It's a hard to rebuild. It's hard to rebuild that. And when you look at this Red Wings team, they're, they're obviously different than that. Even though my uncle Steve mentioned that they are bringing in some guys like Lindstrom and Bertuzzi who, you know, can, (laughs) who can uh, instantly bring up the memory of some of the great players, but it is an interesting game. Jackets are two and oh, it is the first time they've never gone three and zero. I heard that on Bishop and Laura Nice today with Jody Shelley. He was on. He brought that fact up. Uh, the Jackets have never started three and zero, and Jody Shelley said he said you know that's kind of surprising. I kind of say not really. I mean, I mean, going three and zero, winning three games in the National Hockey League is not easy for a lot of teams. Look, just look at some of the teams already that that have already lost a game. Even some of the best teams in the league already have a loss. So considering the Blue Jackets history, it's not really surprising to me that they've never gone 3-0. and And they've had some good luck here playing the Coyotes and the Seattle Kraken, both of which looked absolutely uh, pretty bad tonight. Pretty bad tonight, uh, or last night, the night before. I really, really dumbly bet on the Coyotes' suicide bet. Luckily, a bet that I had made earlier in the week, Titans to win against the Bills hit. So I do have a little bit in the tank. And I will say this. I do think the Jackets need to get out to a hot start tonight. I th- I actually, I do think the Jackets will get out to a hot start tonight. Just when you're a team that's 2-0 and 
and you, you know you're playing another opponent that you can beat. You've gotten some good wins. Jackets have trailed, obviously, before, but they only trailed by one goal to Seattle. Completely dominated the first two games, obviously, in the score. And I think offensively, like when you wanted to score goals in that game against Seattle, when you really needed to, you were able to. So now you're looking at, and and just what, the, the fact that the Red Wings are favorites in this game and the Jackets aren't favorites is just a, is a tall telling sign, not only about the Red Wings, but about the Jackets, man. So many people are counting out the Jackets and are saying that the Jackets are going to be bottom five in this league. And I'm not crazy enough to say that they won't be for sure. I'm not crazy enough to say that they won't be for sure. I tend to think that they that they won't be, though. Like, I think it's more likely that they will not be. I think they'll surprise a lot of people throughout the rest of the year. And I just told you on the last night's podcast that I just think this team's just different with guys like Voracek and Bjorkstrand and Patrick Laine. I think you're talking about Olympians on the team. You're talking about players that led their countries to Olympic qualification. Like, this is a lot of talent on the scene. This isn't just some garbage, you know, 2016 Yotes team. It's not a Yotes team from this year. Look at the two. They're expecting the Jackets to be right up next to the Yotes in, in terms of the league standings. Look look at what the score of the game was the other night. The Jackets destroyed them, according to Elvis Mers Lincolns, which was hilarious, by the way. I think this Jackets team is a lot better, and I think they have a chance to go 3-0. and I think building confidence early on in the season can set you up for a good rest of the year. It's not a guarantee, obviously, that you're going to just continue to win games. But to stack these wins early, and in late February, early February, rather, late February is when the Olympics are. In early February, when it gets hard, and you're not finding ways to get a win, you can remember the team you were at the beginning of the season. And it's just really important for the Jackets to get wins right now. So I believe that the Jackets will get a win tonight. I'm locking that in for sure. And, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, otherwise, I'll be watching the game at Tom's. I'll be buzzing. It's going to be fun. And so, all right. Well, I'll talk to you guys later tonight when the Jackets hopefully pull off a 3-2 to two dub. That's the score. That's the official prediction of tonight's game, 3-2. to two. Let's see it, Coats. Uh, tell your dog. The sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. Lighten up while you still can. Don't even try to understand. Just find a place to make your stand. And take it easy.